Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rodmans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil Village, a game that was developed by Capcom, published by Capcom, and was released in 2021 on the PlayStation 4, 5, Stadia, Windows, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, Mac OS, and the Switch? Uh, but first, if you us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, apparently they're still doing those cloud games. Yeah, which they shouldn't do. Because mm-hmm, they don't work. <laughs> they don't work. They use up a lot of electricity. Uh, that's what I've heard. And bandwidth, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It's a disaster. Uh, so, Resident Evil 8, or Village, however you want to call it. We'll probably say 8, mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a Resident Evil game in the uh, RE engine and is a direct sequel to Resident Evil 7 featuring the same characters who were introduced in that game. Yeah, I was pretty surprised. I would not have ever have guessed they would bring (laughs) Ethan back. Yeah, mostly because he's like a lame guy. Yeah, he's kind of like an annoying person. (laughs) (laughs) Come hard against (laughs) Ethan Winters here. Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. He's... Kind of his character is sort of supposed to be like a nobody because Mm -hmm. Resident Evil 7 was like a much more sort of low to the ground Resident Evil game. Yeah, he's just supposed to be like a regular guy. Yeah. And the only personality, though, he has is being confused about stuff, (laughs) which just makes him seem dumb and not likable, I think. I don't hate him. Right, sure. But I do like to dunk on him. I don't hate him, but I do dislike him with every fiber of my being, with a burning passion. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's fair. He Uh sucks. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it is a direct sequel, and and it's... Such an interesting sequel in terms of how they changed it from the previous game. Uh, If you didn't listen to our episode about Resident Evil 7, which is like a a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) actually, if you haven't played Resident Evil 7, I recommend going to do that. Yeah, it's really good. It's exceptionally good. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those games where, like, People who are currently into video games have probably played, but I feel like there's like a lot of people in our age range mm-hmm. that will have like picked up and beaten four remake right when it came out, but have never touched seven and eight. Right. So if you find yourself in that camp, I recommend seven pretty highly. Yeah, I think seven is fantastic. And while the story of seven is like 100% absolutely required to understand the story of 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not like... I don't know. Maybe I'm coming out too strong on this. Uh-huh. I feel like the plot in 8 takes a massive backseat to the spectacle in 8. Yeah, 8 is all about being bombastic while still maintaining sort of the more low-key design that the first person gameplay sort of implements yeah and i mean i feel this way about all of the resident evil games that like i am aware of uh-huh. but like plot just kind of takes a back seat <laughs> always that's pretty fair it, yeah, yeah it's mostly like backstory and stuff that you can dive into if you feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, in, in a lot of ways, like, 7 actually has even less ongoing story because it's, like, that the beginning of the game... Once again, please play Resident Evil 7. I'm about to spoil it. Uh, at the beginning of the game, you're like, oh, I have to go find my wife. 
and then you go, and then the game itself happens, and then you find your wife, and then there's the boat part that didn't need mm-hmm. to be there. Uh, where all the story is. Yeah, and that's where all the plot happens. So, like, there really isn't a ton there. So you are correct in that. This actually has more moment-to-moment stuff, but yeah. it's like, if my enjoyment of Resident Evil 8 was based solely on how much I like the story of the game, I would not say that this was a game that I would recommend playing <laughs> to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it does have interesting ideas, uh, and the acting is actually pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it is driven more by its little character moments and by the crazy set pieces and shit that happens. Yeah, I feel like 7 was like a reboot essentially of the series yeah and it was like in a more modern first person haunted house kind of style and was also like touching its uh survival horror roots again uh so it's like pretty stripped down and like really focused you know on the survival horror element and this one feels like they tried to inject some of that like resident evil 4 uh flavor uh by making it more actiony and like having a merchant and etc. Like it and it brings back like the exact same inventory system, kind of, basically. Uh so yeah, it takes a lot of cues from that. Uh, and I wonder if that's because they knew they were gonna be remaking four. four. So they were like, What what was good about four? Like maybe we can put it in this one. Yeah, it's that's got is, a giant fish. It does have a big fish. <laughs> Classic Resident Evil Four shit. Yeah. Uh yeah, that is exactly correct. Also the I to be fair, all of the Resident Evil games, by and large, are centered around bioweapons, which are made using some kind of virus most of right. the time. But Resident Evil Four does have the uh, the plagas, which are implanted into people, uh, and this one has the kadu, which are also implanted into people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does take the same sort of like virality of four and five and puts it into this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you are one hundred percent a million percent correct. <laughs> You're one hundred percent a million, million percent. <laughs> Because I love that we did this game when we did, which, for context, we got a reputation among ourselves, not among anybody else, Yeah, for doing Resident Evil games too many times. We got self-conscious. Correct. (laughs) And then we didn't do any Resident Evil games for, like, four years. Mm -hmm. And then we did seven, Seven. and now uh, four and eight this year, uh, which is still a lot, but I really like these games, so that's sort of why I keep pushing to have them to show up. Uh, but yeah, I love that we did it when we did, because the Resident Evil 4 remake coming ju- just coming out, we got to see them remaking 4, and then the game they released two years prior where they tried to remake 4 in, with, a new, <laughs> with a different coat of paint, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a, a very much, like, Resident Evil 7 was, let's see if we can recreate the magic of Resident Evil, and, re- and then Resident Evil 8 is, can we remake the magic of Resident Evil 4? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is more action-oriented. They did include a merchant. All of the stuff is correct. There's gun leveling up systems mm-hmm. uh, and, like, fucking weird shit that you pick up and, like, trade in, like, treasures and shit. Yeah. There's all that stuff that that sort of made Resident Evil 4 what it is. There's a there's an attaché case again mm-hmm. uh, that you have to manage. So... Yeah, it, it's very transparently inspired by Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I feel like it was a logical thing to do. Sure. I wish they had done more games in the 7 style before going to this. Yeah. 
but it's something they could always go back to. Yeah, the, obviously nothing is stopping. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I feel like there was just something in the air uh, that when they yeah, made was, this game, it was mold. That was mold. <laughs> <laughs> but not like the life kind of imi- mold. <laughs> yeah, life imitating art in this case. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, this game is is just a very Resident Evil foury kind of game. Yeah, but it doesn't than... pink my least favorite of the two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a very different uh, approach this time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably where we should start off, I guess, with just sort of like how the 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 change in the philosophy of the game from 7 to 8 is pretty evident, uh, even though the controls and stuff are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game starts you off with a very village-like... Well, I mean, it's even called Village. It, it, the game is called Village, yeah. yeah. And the first game is in 7 is called Biohazard, which is a reference right. to the first game, or just the series in, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has, like, that village moment from 4, where you go into the village and you have to fight off the guys and the chainsaw guy. Mm-hmm. There's way too many of them. There's way too many of them. And it's, like, a big mechanical hurdle that you have to get over in order to get into the game proper. This game's version of that with the lichen attack is misery uh and i think (laughs) because i want to say i do like this game Mm -hmm. uh and i would recommend people play it but if you do play it just know that you have to get through the first bit of it Mm. before you actually get into what makes the game special yeah because that first part is fucking nuts i don't remember it being that bad like, I didn't, like, love it or anything. Right. But, like, I don't remember it standing out as sucking. <laughs> now, I played this game on release, mm. and I just played it again, and I, I was playing, I played it on hardcore, so, like, a step up. Mm. I played it on normal originally. And on the harder difficulty, I genuinely don't know how they expect you to be able to beat it. Like, I think <laughs> you're supposed to run away uh, and mm. just block and stuff, uh, but there's, like, a million billion guys uh, and so I eventually just loaded a new game plus save so that my weapons were upgraded. Uh, and then I was able to beat it. But to me, the first part of this game feels so disorienting and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the later parts of the game and it starts feeling more like a classic Resident Evil. Yeah, it, it felt like it was just trying to throw you off in a way that I liked. Okay. Because, um, like, you go in, you start, and you the first several houses you go into, like have drawers and things you can check, like your standard uh, Resident Evil stuff, but there's nothing in any of them. Right. That stood out to me, and it's just like, it builds this kind of tension. Like, there's a while, a little while before anything happens, and I just kept like, like, uh. <laughs> like, it's not giving any, me anything to latch onto, which made me uneasy, uh, which I thought was effective. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess it's, it's, it's like a less... Uh, well executed though I think version of the Resident Evil Four start. Yeah. Um. You yeah. You just kind of like it. Kind of encourages you to hold up in this one building. You can like pull a bookshelf in front of the door and like you know uh slow the zombie or the lichens down yeah. uh, from getting inside. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like yeah, because it starts you kind of backed into a corner, and I think that does make it a little harder. Yeah. It is, it's, I'm glad to hear that perspective. I may have even shared it when I first played the game. I know that this time playing the game, I was very frustrated by Mm. it. 
uh, it felt like it was a little yeah. bit too overwhelming. Playing it on standard, like, I didn't die. Okay, Like, yeah. I just did it. I died, like, seven times uh, before I switched to New Game Plus. Mm, okay, and, that does sound bad. Yeah, then I got, got it on the first yeah. try. On I standard, it felt I fine. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely better <laughs> at this game than me. I would wager a guess. <laughs> um, not that I suck at it or anything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're you're much more of a veteran. The so footage this will, type of game it will yeah. speak for itself. Yes, I should play. I should play some and put some comparison footage. Yeah, <laughs> don't hold us to that. We aren't gonna do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, yeah, I don't know that because that that opening did sort of like suck a lot of the the air out of the room mm. uh, when I first played it, but the the actual to back up even further. Oh, yeah, I like it as like an introduction to the village, and I because th- it's like a lot of it's like gated off, and I like right. it, that it builds tension before the lichen shows up. Yeah, and yeah, and then once they do, they 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 start coming and they don't stop coming. coming. Yeah, yeah, back to the rules, and Ethan hits the ground running. <laughs> this game does. Hit that the was ground the pitch <laughs> uh, uh, on the blackboard at Capcom for this game. Was just the entire werewolves. lyrics of all star. Yeah, werewolves start coming and they don't <laughs> stop coming. coming. <laughs> uh, but to back up even further than that, to yes. do the podcast in reverse for no good reason, uh-huh. uh, the, I found the actual opening of like the cinematic opening of this game to be oh, yeah, yeah. extremely provocative. There the mm. uh, there's the, the. I'm glad that you did the backpedal to this. Yeah, so I, I wanted to talk to. about it and completely <laughs> forgot about it when making notes. So. Yeah, the yeah it opens with this like storybook. Thing. Yeah, like Coraline style illustration. It, I don't know if you would remember this, but it reminded me a lot of um, in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows movie, the, the film, the film. Okay, I've not uh, seen this in many, many. Yeah, years. yeah, yeah. The part where they tell the backstory of the um, the. Are they called uh, the Deathly Hallows? The Deathly Hallows. The, they tell the backstory of the Deathly Hallows. They do this animated thing, uh-huh. and it, it's a very similar style to that. Okay. If you remember what that looks like, dear listener. <laughs> but yeah, it is also a little Coraline. Yeah, Coraline was my touch point. Yeah, yours is probably closer, if I had to guess, uh-huh. because Coraline has like a more obvious, like yeah, uh, this is influence. like a, like a, this is like a lot of like silhouettes and like uh stylized everything looks like dolls a little bit yeah maybe it's more james and the giant peach a little to, to continue referencing children's <laughs> movies for the entire yeah thing. but yeah it's an animated stylized storybook thing yeah. intro to the game that is genuinely eerie we had a conversation while yeah. it was happening about the pacing of it mm. yeah I, I stopped so that you could say your oh thing. no i was yeah. just I, it was just nothing just like gonna reiterate what we were already saying so yeah it is genuinely kind of eerie but it has this like weirdly fast spoken dialogue uh which we speculated was due to a translation thing though i'm reasonably certain after doing a little bit of research that the resident evil games are written in english originally Mm -hmm. uh or at least voice acted in english originally yeah it sounded like the the voiceover actress 
her like her audio was being played at like 1.5 times speed. Yeah, like it was very strange. It was weird to see and hear. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really cool opening. That but has, then like, I think it like evens out it. as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Like, or maybe I just get used to it. It could be. I yeah. don't know. If you're li- if you listen to this podcast at 1.5 times speed, mm-hmm. you do eventually get used. Yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. I know? listen to audiobooks at 1.5 times speed, and you do just get used to it that's just like how people talk now yeah <laughs> and then you take your headphones off and it's like everything's in slow <laughs> motion uh but then yeah you come out of it and it's this scene in the house um yeah with... it's like three years or something after the first game or five maybe it's definitely one of them and by the first game i mean resident evil 7 right the first winter's game yes this is the winter of our discontent <laughs> ethan is the winter <laughs> of our discontent <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, so like it's this scene in the house that's that's a few years after the events of Seven uh, that makes like vague references back to it, uh, and then and we're just gonna, you have a baby now. Her mm-hmm. name's Rose. Yes. She's going to be a big plot point for the rest of the game. Yes, uh, and you take her upstairs and put her in a crib, and then your wife is just like brutally murdered in front of you. Yes, like it is one of those moments that is. Uh, like, I am used to Resident Evil and its shtick. Mm-hmm. Like, I've played all these games, uh, and not all of them. Don't at me. Uh, <laughs> I've played most of these games, and they do a lot of things that are, like, gruesome or gross or whatever. But this was the most, like, viscerally shocking moment, I think, that I've had in a Resident Evil mm. game. And it was it was genuine. I just wasn't expecting it at all. And it was it was genuinely surprising and shocking, and I really liked that part of mm. it. I thought that the intro felt really strong because of that juxtaposition. Yeah, I feel like that should be my reaction to it as well. <laughs> but I feel like Mia as a character only exists as a vehicle <laughs> to have violence inflicted on, because I feel like that was all that happened to her in the first one. Yeah. Me, so oof. it didn't really affect me, like, at all. There's, like, a TV tropes page for a thing called, like, putting someone in the refrigerator, mm. which is a, a weirdly a yeah. reference to Blackest Night, the the weird crossover comic that DC did. Yeah, like, um... My, my women in film class isn't helping me here, but I feel like that's probably a trope. Oh, like yeah. a character that just has violence inflicted on them. Right, yeah. That is definitely two separate things. Because, like, the first game puts her in the refrigerator. Yeah. She, like, shows up, you find her, and then she is killed. Mm-hmm. She does come back later, but she does, like, they, they just put her, they're like, okay, now it's just you having to deal with that, and this is, like, your motivation uh, for, like, getting revenge on the bakers. Mm-hmm. And then in this game, yeah, like, she does also get put straight into that refrigerator. But, yeah, as if you look at the games as a whole, her purpose is just to accept pain. Yeah, but, I mean, like, it would be, like, if it was, like, a movie, it would be really shocking. Yeah. You're just having, like, a regular day in the life of the winters, and then he just comes, and she's, like, pouring wine or whatever, mm-hmm. and then she just gets shot in the head. Yep. And then a hail of bullets. Yeah. Which really took it from shocking to, like, a comedy moment. Yeah, I think they say (laughs) later in the game that she took five shots to the head. Mm. Which is, from my understanding, a lot of times to be shot in the head. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, It sure is revenue. (laughs) So, that is a, a... 
it's just like this thing, I guess. To mm-hmm. me, I think maybe one of the reasons why I found it to be shocking is because to me, Mia in this game looks vastly different than she looked in mm. seven. And I think that's intentional. I think that actually is a good character design because in seven, she's being held captive for like a extended period and probably was malnourished. Yeah. She looks more sickly in the first one. Yeah. Which, so, and also she was infected with a with yeah, mold, with mold disease, but, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think the difference made me not associated as much with the first game. Yeah. I mean, and I think once it's, again, by the first game, I mean, Resident Evil yeah. seven, I feel like that's the intent yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, it was super good intro. Then goes into the first well, part with the mechanical. Intro. Another similarity to four is that like you start after having like a car wreck, I mean, which isn't four, exactly the same, it's but like it's same, very but, yeah. similar. Like you have a car pulled off to the side of a road outside of a village, yeah, in a European country, and you're being driven by law enforcement. Yes, though in eight less willingly, <laughs> uh, which is more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you end up, yeah, you end up running through. Also, a, a parallel to seven, mm. uh, you get jump scared by crows. Yeah, uh, almost immediately. Ethan must hate crows at this point. <laughs> Uh, but that's the whole like the the first part of the game. To me, it it is it is whiplash to an extent because the first part of the game sets up the horror tone, mm-hmm. which is what you expect from Resident Evil, especially hot off the tail of seven of seven, and then the mechanical part comes in, and it is just like outlandly heads exploding. They're werewolves that, mm-hmm. like, fucking crawl on all fours toward yeah. you. They do say that uh, Ethan's had military training since the last one. That is true. To, he and, studied under the great Chris Redfield. Which is also what they say about Leon in 4. Mm-hmm. Because he was a cop and then got military training to become a special forces operative. Yeah. Uh, so they did, once again, parallel 4 uh, uh even further than it yes, was. Yes, Ethan further. Ethan further. Um, but anyway, that's the beginning of Resident Evil 8. And it gives you, uh, I think, false hope to some extent. <laughs> but also a good introduction to the new mechanics and how the game actually functions. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. Um, I wouldn't put it as strongly <laughs> as giving you false hope. <laughs> But um, one thing, so I, I have something to transition into yeah. that I think you're going to find interesting. But uh, to get into the rest of the game. Uh, so on the Silent Hill 2 episode, all right, you said as you were playing that it dawned on you that it had like Zelda style <laughs> design to it where you did like four dungeons essentially. Right. Um. And I found myself thinking that about this game. And, like, you know, I agreed with you, but mm-hmm. it is funny to tease you about it because it is, like, an <laughs> amusing way to uh, make your point to compare sure. it to Zelda. Um, but, yeah, I found myself thinking that uh, while playing this game that it has more of, like, a adventure game design where you, or, like, an RPG kind of design where it's, like, the, you have your four big bosses and they all have their zones and they have their dungeons and you have to right. go and take them out um and you yeah. have like the village which is like a hub for all of them <laughs> like it feels way more adventure gamey than it does survival horror e and like the basic framework of like how the game is built 
You even get experience points in the form of cash. Yes. And you level up in the form of making your guns shoot faster. Right. And I'm not even talking about that stuff, but yeah. yes, that also strengthens the point, though. Yeah. Now, this one is, this is a lot more explicit than Silent Hill 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still think that my comparison in Silent Hill 2 is at least reasonably dubious. Uh, I, I, I think it, it's just a funny way to put it. Yeah. But you definitely are correct. I'm just hiding, That it's I using, guess. like, a similar structure. Right, yeah. It's to, like, like, a Zelda game. It's similar to, like, a like the 3X structure in storytelling, where yeah. it's, like, there is a way of designing gameplay that just feels like a Zelda game. Yeah, where you have like a like pioneer. Yeah, you have like a hub and then it leads to specific areas with dungeons. Yeah. This game feels very much like it is intentionally doing that. Yeah. And also it's like more a Zelda obvious, game, it yeah. gives you the idea that you have a bit of freedom when really you have to get a the the six winged unborn key to, in order to actually access each of the areas. Yeah, I feel like it had to have been on the cards at some point that you could do them in any order. Right. And I feel like that, uh, I don't know. I do like the way that the game is laid out pacing-wise. It's, it's way more Resident Evil-y. Like, yeah. you had to get all the keys and all of the different things to unlock all the different passageways and stuff. Very true, yeah. Yeah, this game does... In fact, let's... Well, I want to talk about the village, but I kind of mm-hmm. want to come back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, As you do while you play the game. You come ex- back through it. Exactly. I, I, let's let's jump into the first zone, mm-hmm. uh, which is Castle Dimitrescu. Right, the heavily publicized Castle Dimitrescu. Yeah, this is the most, like... This is what people think of when they think of, of Resident Evil mm-hmm. 8. Um and it is I was for shocked. good reason, honestly. I was shocked that it was the first thing you do. Yeah. Because, like, it's so heavy in the marketing that I thought, like, I'm surprised this is, like, getting ahead of things. But, like, <laughs> that the, like, zombie virus thing in this game is the same molds oh, infection yeah. as the first one. Because, like, I thought they were, they, because, like, the whole vampire thing was very prevalent in the trailers. I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, a bloodborne virus this time. Right. You know, because there's vampires and werewolves. They're going to be, like, a, you know, a gothic Van Helsing-style thing. Right. Uh, that's just this part. It's just the first part. Yeah. yeah. And also, they're flies. Yeah, so also, <laughs> I think that's explained. Yeah, there's, like, read, some notes. Yeah, yeah, like, why bugs. Oh, because uh, their bodies, like, they died. And then there was, like, some kind of ritual to bring them back to life, and mm-hmm. the bugs were, like, all over their bodies. Yeah, like, they... they and then when they came back to life, and then, yeah. yeah, became, like, a weird bug so like, I guess, like, it became part of their, like, body mass, which is insects. Right. Which is why when you shoot them, they just, like... Turn into bugs. Yeah. yeah. And, which is and cool. Take, it's great. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But... <laughs> But yeah, that's the. I was also surprised this was the first thing you did, but not because I was surprised it was the first thing. I was surprised that it wasn't the only thing. Oh yeah, like I really thought that the castle was going to be like the whole game. Yeah, and there it, was going to be a bunch to it. It even kind of sets it up that way. Like when you get to the village, it's the village with a castle right in the background. Like you think like the you'll have the village. And then the, it, it feels like that's just going to be it, village and castle, because like that's what you're shown at the beginning. Resident Evil colon village, village and, and castle. castle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does feel like that, and and especially like that opening fight in the village makes you feel like there's going to be a lot more 
in the village proper, mm-hmm. and, which never really happens. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. sort of like that opening sequence, and then it just serves as a little... It's like zone. a hub. Yeah. yeah. That, like which I, I said, liked. But yeah, it, it doesn't feel like a present enough part of the game to have been called village. Right. Like, the hub... It just works with the... The ILL. Yeah, the, like the logo. Right, to make it eight. Yeah. The in fact the 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 hub of the game realistically is the ritual site mm. where you keep coming back to. Yeah, that's like your firelink shrine. Right. And the village is like off of that. That's yeah. fucking New Londa. <laughs> that's Valley of the Drakes. That's like Valley of the Drakes. It connects all the zones. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you go yeah, you go up to to Anorlanda, the castle, etc. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Lady Dimitrescu. Right. Uh, and the fact that she was, like, the dominant part of the marketing. Emphasis on Dom. Emphasis. <laughs> she was dominant in a lot of ways. Yes. To a lot of people, <laughs> as it turns out. Uh, we are well past the cultural zeitgeist where we can just sort of, like, drop jokes about her being a dommy mommy. Uh-huh. But also, it was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah as far as the internet goes... That wasn't the worst thing yeah. we've ever done. A very inspired design, though. Agreed. Like, making her, like, this huge vampire lady. But she's also got that, like, Kate Winslet in Titanic, like, <laughs> nice dress and big hat thing. Right. Like, she was, like, classy. Like, she's, like, uh, she's got, like, her own vineyard and, like, you <laughs> Which know. Which is just. Drinks blood it's wine. It's just blood wine. Yeah. yeah like, we <laughs> we covered this. Back on the uh, on the Night Trap episode, please go listen to that uh, to hear our full thoughts on blood wine. But it is a it is just a a classic vampire thing to make them classy and give them wine. Yes, that's secretly blood because wine's red. <laughs> secretly, see, not so secretly blood. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I agree. She's imposing. She's a very good villain, and mm-hmm. uh, her voice actress is like. It, Great. You know the difference between like a screen actor and a stage actor? Uh-huh. She is far on the stage actor side to me. Like mm-hmm. she's really emotional, really yeah. expressive. She felt things. like just like a good voice actor to me. Yeah. Yeah. But like she's obviously taking that like the, the you, like exaggerate of it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it makes the character just sing to yeah. me. Like I think that she and I would like her to sing me to sleep and step <laughs> on me, et cetera. And, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, um, <laughs> hopefully that's the end of that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I like how she stalks you after a certain point through the castle. Um, I never tried to attack her, mm. but I did watch uh, video game donkey's video on Resident Evil Eight after finishing it, and apparently if it really feels like it falls apart. If you're the kind of player that's going to try to fight her. I certainly never did. Me neither. I, I was like, oh, fuck. Anytime she came in and ran away. Yeah. Which is what they want you to do. But, like, you can, like, get the recipe to craft, like, landmines and stuff by that point in the game. And, like, you can, like, lay down, like, a billion of them in the hall. And she'll walk <laughs> over them and just be like, uh. And then that's it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, like, you can just blast up. her in the face with the sniper rifle and it doesn't do anything. Uh. Which is not, like, a criticism from my experience, but, like, yeah. I, if someone had that experience, that seems pretty lame. Sure. I feel like in... Uh, I don't know how you handle that, though. <laughs> well, I don't know if we, uh... If you want to, like, have your cake and eat it, too, by having her stock you. Right. Yeah, if you if you listened to the last episode, I talked uh, briefly about the remake of Resident Evil 3. 
uh, nemesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the the main features of that game is a char- an unstoppable character that stalks you. And I think that part of the reason why the remake of 3 got a uh, negative reception was because they kind of did that. They sort of encouraged you to interact with it. And because it is unkillable or un- undoable, it feels unrewarding mm. and it feels less scary once you know the mechanics of it. Yeah, I feel like the daughters, though, feel like they fit in a better middle ground. Because, like, when you if you try to shoot them, they turn into bugs and, like, fly away. Yeah, there's, like, an explanation. Yeah, for like, so they feel more ethereal. Mm-hmm. And we can later talk about Moreau and how the fact that, like, he shows up multiple times... Uh, but they never give you the option to to shoot him right. until his boss fight, and so it it doesn't give him this impression of being invulnerable. Yeah, and then you take him a trash. Well, I mean, she's a vampire. It is kind of explained <laughs> that you have to make her vulnerable with sunlight. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that's more the daughter. She expressly transforms before you're able to actually right. do anything to her. And I don't think that it is sunlight she, like, she has, like, uh, regenerative whatever yeah. abilities. Mold From stuff. the mold, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think I think it's supposed to be sunlight right. uh, that makes her vulnerable. Because you do fight her outside. True. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, it landed for me real well. I was scared of her. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I never tried to fight her either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I just wanted to bring it up, I guess. <laughs> She's she's a very good stalking character because she's so huge. She's giant. Yeah, and that works in multiple she has ways. To like, I love how she has to bend down to come through the doors. It's That's very exactly, imposing. Yeah. yeah, because she has to bend down. That does it pulls t- its weight in two different ways because it does make her more imposing, but also it provides a mechanical way for you to get away from her mm-hmm. by crossing into different rooms and making her take the time to have to stoop under them. Yeah. So that there's actually like an in-universe way to get away from her, which feels more like you figured it out. It's more rewarding for the player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, big, huge fan. And the, the puzzles and stuff that are in this are the most classic Resident Evil that you see in the game for yeah. the most part. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like after finishing the castle, it really made the game feel like it had weird pacing. Because, like, the castle is so much feels like so much more fleshed out than uh, the two middle bosses yeah. areas. I do agree in terms of it being fleshed out. But I do now want to talk about House Bien Devito. Well, yeah, that's my favorite part of the game. Good. Okay. It, uh, it but, should be, and it is the best part. But it is, it's very short. It's just like the, the, yeah, it's just a weird pacing thing. Yeah. That, like, that that castle takes so long uh, in a good way. Uh, and then the next two areas feel so brisk. Yes. I would say the pacing of this game is breakneck yeah it <laughs> would be the word i would use because it is like a very uh it wants to get you from place to place after it's shot its load with the with castle dimitrescu mm-hmm. you wanna it wants to move you along to the next thing mm-hmm. because this game is very set piece based yeah agreed agreed uh but do myself. we want to say do we want to say anything more about the castle though before we move on from it uh, I mean, uh, up to you. I felt like it it let you kill one of the three daughters too fast. 
Uh, sure. I feel like it, it could have milked that feeling of like being stalked through the castle a little longer. Because like, once you kill one of them, it makes it feel less imposing, I think. Yeah, because you know that they're... You're going to get to another them. area where you'll kill another one. Right. It, feels, it makes it feel more like a predictable pattern. I will also say I felt like the daughters just... I mean, very literally, just do not have anything to differentiate them. Mm -hmm. So it just feels like three copies of the same enemy. Yeah. uh, Which is a little bit video gamey and not what I would prefer. Yeah. But still good. I think the biggest problem is that the the castle itself is not as big as it wants you to think it is. Yeah. So in order to, to milk that any further, they would have had to have made, like, essentially just more rooms Mm -hmm. for you to run through and stay away from them uh but as it as it stands it's like they kind of have to you have to do like a couple of puzzles while they're chasing you Mm -hmm. and otherwise you like do that and then get them into a room and kill them they're like sort of the progression through the game so yeah i don't disagree i just think that it's like I, i feel like they wanted to get too many things stuffed into this game yeah and it's like a 10 hour game <laughs> it's kind of incredible how much variety there already is mm-hmm. it almost kind of feels like initially the game was supposed to take place in the castle right like and only the castle but then they changed their minds because mm-hmm. it definitely feels like it's had the most time and resources put into like for any single location yeah put into it not even feels like really just like maybe the factory yeah, I mean Later the factory's on. got stuff in it, but I mean, okay, we'll talk about the factory. When we yeah, get to it's the factory. like less unique areas and stuff. Yeah, uh, what I do want to talk anyway, about yeah, that dollhouse is the dollhouse. Yeah. House Bien de Vida. Uh It is good. I liked it. <laughs> what are it, we talking it, about next time? <laughs> it very much feels like like we talked about with the with Resident Evil Seven how uh, PT came out when uh that game was in development and whether or not it had any influence on it yeah seems like it probably didn't because it was already like in development for like over a year when pt came out but like this section of this game feels like (laughs) people on the team liked pt yeah and they said in pt there was like a little fetus in Mm -hmm. a sink what if it was big what if it was real big Uh, yeah, this one, I think the literal worst part about this section of the game Mm -hmm. is that the puzzles are too easy. I think that if they had upped the difficulty of some of the puzzles, particularly the ones, like, after the section with the doll, Mm -hmm. it would have been the scariest thing. Because you would always be like, it has this tension to it because they take away all of your stuff. Right. And Christ Almighty, it's just so good. Like every bit of it is is like it there's essentially three parts to it. There's like the approach and entrance of the house. Yeah, and like you're just scoping it out. Mm-hmm. You're just walking through it, waiting for something to happen. And it doesn't. It, nothing happens. You're just like wondering what is. Mm-hmm. Uh especially considering how much fucking gunfire and bloodshed you've already been through to get to this point of the game. And then they take away your guns. They don't announce it. As far as I can recall, there's like a point where he goes like, 
oh, where'd my gun go? Yeah. Or something. Uh, Just pretty explicit. I thought that it took took them away before he said that. I, they may it may have. I, I hadn't checked. Uh, I don't remember. But regardless, it takes away all of your equipment and then puts you in a room with a doll of your dead wife. A mannequin, yeah? Yeah. And you have to, like, use it to solve some puzzles. Yeah, it's very, like, escape room-esque. Like, I thought the, like, hiding all the shit in the mannequin was a really cool concept. Fully agree, yeah. It's very good. And you have multiple different, like, paths in terms of, like, you can only really solve them in one order because you need, Mm -hmm. like, parts of it to do other things. But, like... You have to examine every part of the mannequin to, like, pull it apart. And it feels very tactile, even there, though there isn't, like, a lot of player choice there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just kind of slaps ass. Yeah, it's, like, it's not non-linear by any means. Uh, you do have to do it in a specific order. But, like, you're able to explore the whole floor yeah. of the uh, of the basement uh, and, like, it interact with the doll as you please. So like, it feels more like you're making decisions. Right. And that's what I mean. Like, I think that the only thing that could have made it better is if you actually were making decisions. Yeah. <laughs> if they had designed but, it more like an escape room, I feel yeah. like it, it would have felt better. Yeah. I feel like they're going for like that classic, like haunted house style design though. Yeah. Which is very guided sort of thing. <laughs> it sure is. But yeah. It really embraces that more like modern, haunted house style game design yeah in this section but then as you like finish it you this is probably honestly pre-release of the game Mm -hmm. dimitrescu was like the face of the game yeah post-release i feel like everybody was talking about this big baby yeah (laughs) i mean i didn't know about it that's amazing yeah i'm very glad that was that was the scariest moment in the game is the reveal of the big fetus it's terrifying yeah yeah uh, and I don't even... Did you die to it? No. I did on my first playthrough. I wish you had, honestly. Mm. You should have just thrown yourself at it <laughs> once. It was very easy to avoid it. Yeah, it's not too tough. But he does just eat you straight up, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I love the big baby. And it's such an effective stalker in the way... In a totally different way than Divitrescu is. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like an unstoppable force of nature that yeah, is shows huge up and less. loud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Divitrescu does just kind of like pop in. Yeah. Hey, Ethan, <laughs> you're still here. Mm-hmm. Mr. Winters. S- swipe with big claws. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's a great section. And I, I just think like, I, I feel like it's kind of like a Japanese cultural thing, but like creepy dolls. Yeah. Uh, I'm so here for it uh like like weird puppets or weird dolls like um was it made in the blackwater had like that one house that had all the dolls out like in the basement and stuff like haunted dolls via like japanese horror is like so cool yeah it's very good and i am glad you think so for reasons that we'll get to later. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> moving past the the big baby. Uh-huh. Because really, that's all there is to say, right? Like, it's big baby. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's loud. It's good game design for the reasons yeah, stated. No combat. No combat haunted house style section. Do you want to veer off of the overall sort of, like, gameplay discussion and briefly just talk about this game and bosses? 
We can. Because I think that it's... it's not, We didn't really talk about it in the Resident Evil 4 one. And Resident Evil 7's bosses were, I think, more like integrated into the zones. Mm-hmm. Like, they felt very appropriate for the times that they showed up, except for that weird cage match that you had to do. Right. Uh, in this game, this one is the best integrated, in my opinion. Uh, the the boss of of House uh, Bienvien, fuck it, who cares? Uh, that, I'm surprised you remember the names as well as <laughs> you did. Demetresk and Heisenberg are the only names I could remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, Moreau, and then yeah, Moreau the is, should name. be more memorable. It should be, but, but there's uh, lots of problems with Moreau. Uh, for one, his back don't work. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, this in this one, you like exit your like hallucination. Or not really. You come down an elevator, uh-huh. and then there's just like a bunch of dolls everywhere, and the the boss fight is just to like go and stab a particular one. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was great. Honestly, it was a fun th- little mini game to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's obviously the odd one out in a game where most of the bosses involve firing shotguns a lot. Right. Uh, how did you feel about this one in particular? And then we'll talk about like. Like the Dimitrescu boss fight and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always f- I feel like I feel similarly about uh, survival horror games and boss fights. I think they're really hard to do well mm-hmm. um, because you want it to be scary, but you also want it to be like challenging or whatever. Yeah, it's it's hard to balance. Like the goals of a survival horror game and the goals of a boss fight are kind of the opposite of each other. Yeah. So they're hard to do, and so yeah, I liked the the doll boss fight. Like, I was uh, satisfying to have to like run around and find the correct doll uh, while they're all laughing at you. There's like time pressure and stuff, right? Um, so yeah, I thought I liked it as a difference in kind, kind of like this whole area. Yeah, the whole zone um, is, is that. But yeah, I found all of the bosses to be like solid. I don't say that I loved any of them, and I don't think any of them were bad. Sure. Yeah, I can kind of agree with that. I think that... Which is kind of like the best case scenario for me. Fair. In a survival horror, I think. Yeah. I think that the... Well, I guess we will talk about it more thoroughly when we get to the chapter. But uh, to me, I found that that the Dimitrescu and the Moreau bosses felt not good. Mm. And the Bien de Vado and... Heisenberg ones, and I realize there's some splaining to do on that one, uh, feel more like cool or like successful Mm -hmm. in their goals. And I think both of them are because they aren't resource dependent. Mm. And also the Dimitrescu boss fight taking place on a square roof Mm -hmm. made it feel like a lot of just like running in circles and avoiding stuff. It felt very old school. Yeah, I liked that Evil. one, honestly. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but it did feel more video game yeah. than I think I wanted it to after that intro. Um, but, you know, it's whatever. I think I agree generally. I think they're yeah. mostly okay. But I think this one ends up being sort of a standout because it's different. Yeah. And it keeps everything. It, it, it makes It keeps that zone feeling very cohesive and like its own. And it's why I agree with you. This is the best part of the game. Yeah, and I also I love just aesthetically like the approach to it, where it's the big waterfall. Oh yeah, super cool. I actually used photo mode to take a photo of that. Nice. It looked pretty good. 
Also, I needed to get the photo mode challenge points so that I could find a, <laughs> a model of a gun or some shit. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, let's come down from the mountain, mm-hmm. from the waterfall, and uh, take a look around the village once again. After, After the, the break... break. Welcome back. Good to be back. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted to take a brief interlude here mm-hmm. and talk about the village, is what I'm going to say. The titular village. The titular village. But what I mostly mean is more the exploration and item gathering mechanics in the game. And I also want to complain about the map, as I often do. Uh-huh. Dude, so do I. All right. Also complain about maps. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like I enjoyed those things. Like, I enjoyed exploring the village. I enjoyed the little Metroidvania-esque, like, you find the wells and you need the the wheel to get stuff out of them. You have to remember where they are to go back to them later or whatever, you know, sort of thing. But it all felt such, like, a brief part of the game. It felt like after... Maybe a third of it, you had the wheel well. You could go get the wheel, the wells. It took like five minutes. <laughs> you know, like, I just, it felt like just less substantial than I think they wanted it to be. Yeah. I think that's kind of my overall takeaway from it. Like, I like the concept of having the village that you keep coming back to. Yeah. Like, I'm a known lover of hub areas. Yeah. And I think we should also mention with our voices yes. the only part of our bodies that they can uh, hear and understand mm-hmm. that you did put Metroidvania in giant quotes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very important to yeah, note. That's just like the. Because, like, the 7 had that sort of thing, too. Like, right. it's like, you could kind of compare it to that. Yeah, they, like, gate certain item gathering with key items uh, or, like, a key. Yeah, they just, they <laughs> want you to remember where, th- like, that there were things you couldn't do earlier. Right. And once you get the item, that, that you can go do those things now. Yeah, so it is, like, a thing that you can keep going back to and keep getting more out of, but... I, it's like after the second time that you've been through the village, it you've seen it all. Yeah, it's it's pretty much over. You're just unlocking a new house, getting an item, and moving on essentially. And it does feel, I mean, I'm gonna say tedious. That's probably a me thing because it doesn't yeah. take very long to do. But I I never really had a desire to keep exploring the village. I did, but it it waned pretty quickly. Yeah just weird yeah just a weird thing yes i say like it feels like you get back from the castle and you've explored you get into that one house that with the red chimney yep uh and once you've done that you've seen the whole thing basically right there's very little reason to go anywhere there's nothing to discover really yeah yeah it's just kind of a bummer, because it, it is the name of the game it would have been nice just a random idea off the top of my head for like 
to be able to get into a house and it have like a basement bunker that led to one of the dungeons or something. Yeah. To like tie the village in to the progression in some way. Any kind of interconnectivity like that would would have been good. Yeah. Like, you, like maybe you can go down one of those. Well, there is like a secret thing. There's like a uh, like a treasure you can get by going down a well. If instead you had another well that uh-huh. led to like a cool dungeon or something yeah like the, the under the well the, and the then you have yeah, to could have tied into moreau's thing yeah because he's cause like water yeah and or you, something you, you gotta use spit. the lens of truth so yeah you use the lens the... of truth at the bottom of the well yeah uh go back in time seven years <laughs> and prevent the events of the first game uh-huh and by the first game i mean resident evil <laughs> <to seven. laughs> uh but anyway uh uh that's an idea yeah, so that's that's that. I, I think I, I I think we generally agree. You're probably a little bit more positive yeah. on the village part than I am, but it was it, it felt a bit like a missed opportunity in a game that is otherwise very good and also very like tight. Not in the terms of like every part of the game is needed and like there's no fat or anything, mm-hmm. but it, it does feel like they wanted everything to move along at a brisk yeah. pace. To halt everything to have you go look at the same four houses that you've already seen. Right. It just feels like a bit of an overreach on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the resource gathering goes, personally, I like the fact that the map tells you when there's nothing else in a room to look at. Because it, it would get kind of tedious to go around and around and around to that find is stuff. That is nice, yeah. Um, and then... Other like yeah, there's crafting in the game. I'm not gonna like it because it's crafting for mm. the most part. I, I don't always hate crafting systems, but like in most games, this one feels very like slammed in there uh, because it does give anything that you can craft. You can also pick up off the ground except mm-hmm. for first aid meds. Uh, and may no, you can find explosive rounds and, and shit yeah. as well. So it, it is. It feels like it's just there so they can put more pickups on the ground without flooding you with resources. Yeah. And it's, I, we talked about this on the Resident Evil 4 episode. It's like but the same crafting yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's one of the kind of crafting systems that I do like because it is simple. Sure. But it makes you pause the game and go like, uh, go over here yeah. and make I'm fine with that. I think, it, I think it fits in like a survival horror when like you feel like you need to like ration and like <laughs> you know like you had to think about what you do with the stuff you pick up like i think that works thematically well and to me that's the goal of the system mm-hmm. like it has been since this style of crafting was introduced in games like the last of us yeah like and i don't like and i feel like i don't like it that much in the last of us and i don't know <laughs> if it's just the genre that makes me like it in resident evil right and but it wants you to to feel like you're rationing and like you're making active choices like do oh do i make the first aid med versus mm-hmm. do i make this thing that also like uses chem fluid like a mine or whatever exactly yeah but to me it's just like just drop less put less breakable pots in yeah. the in the room and then you won't have this problem and I won't have to pause the game. Yeah, it's a good point. Like you could just make them pickups. Yeah. And you don't have to craft them. But I also don't like in survival horror games when you can pause the game, go into your inventory and use an item yeah. without it taking time in the real world. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that is it's kind of a it's sort of a necessity for gameplay to a certain extent, but also I feel like it's 
it's becoming a relic. I think at some point we can move past it and actually have there be that tension of having to use the item. Yeah. Last of Us did it with the backpack system, where in order to craft something, you had to like sit there and yeah, make it in real time. Yeah, but this game doesn't do that. It's I don't know. It's I will complain about crafting on every single podcast that we do yeah. until crafting dies or I die. So <laughs> I think you're going to die first. It seems likely. Yeah. Uh, one of the most popular games of all time has craft right in the fucking name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's that. That's the whole thing. Um, the map is strangely hard to follow to me. Oh. I might be very stupid, but I found that because I think it's because you don't have a compass or a mini map. Mm. Whenever I close the map, I would not remember what direction I had to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, That's my one complaint with the map that I, I don't, yeah. I can't reconcile. I did not have that problem, and it was very glad the game doesn't have a mini map because I hate mini maps. Sure, mini maps are uh, a necessary evil in the games that include them. And mm. in a Resident Evil, I feel you like, did not need yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like that's what they should be. But, like, 50% of the time, they're just in there anyway, for no reason. But that's a different discussion for a different time. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I, I think that what I always do is I think of, when I'm looking at the map, like, which way is the arrow pointing? Okay, I need to go to the left. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And so you just have to remember to think about that. Well, it's more like... So th- imagine being in the village, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I have to get to this house. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to go here and then there and then climb a ladder, then jump down, then make a left at this road. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at the actual 3D representation of the village called the video game that you're playing. Yeah. And you go, this doesn't look like the map to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or that's what I say. I think it, I think it's just like a skill. Map reading? Yeah, I, I, I think it's just, like, a thing that you can get better at if you try. And the ability to just open the map and check again does, like, hinder your willingness to do it. Yeah. So I, I, it's something you have to police yourself about. So, I totally get it. Yeah. I just wish... But I, I feel like I, I'm, like good at map reading i guess uh-huh. in that way i feel like i can check it and then just be set well as i am canonically 19 years old i'm very un- unused to reading maps yeah video games are basically the only map exposure i've ever had mm-hmm. um i will say just like every other podcast we've done this month uh i just don't didn't want to pause the game i think yeah, it's, no, it's basically what yeah, it came down that's to. that's totally fair yeah it's just like oh i gotta pause the game look at the map again and then unpause, yeah. make a left. Maps are like a <laughs> are a weird. I guess one one of the one of the things that this podcast really illuminated uh-huh. is map implementation is tricky. It sure is, and oftentimes it is done in a flawed way. Yes, we should make a map playlist where we have any <laughs> game that we talked extensively about a map on it. Um. Okay, moving on. Yes. Uh, Moreau. The Island of Dr. Moreau. The Island of Dr. Moreau. The Fish Man. Mm-hmm. That's what that book was about. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. This is probably my least favorite of the Me four, too. Uh, which is sad because I like Moreau as a character. Yeah. And uh, it's trying to go for that like Lovecraft fishing Hamlet style thing. Exactly, yeah. And just like... I don't know. I think the fact that it doesn't have new enemies 
might be the thing that kills it for me. Well, yeah, it's it's very short, yeah. and it's just yeah, you turning a windmill. Like it just it feels so. Like man, when you put it that way, it does not sound exciting. Like because you have your your intro to his area. And then he turns into the big fish, and you had to, like, empty the dam. It, it's like, it, you turn the windmill, and then it feels like, okay, we're going into, like, the next part of this section, uh-huh. and it just ends. Like, you just fight him. It, yeah. It, it, it feels like it's missing something. This is actually the new Londo of the game. Yeah, you have to open the floodgates. You get to yeah. open the floodgates and drain it, and also both parts of it aren't that exciting. Yeah, well, it's, there's no second level. That's yeah. what it, it did. It needed to be a new Londo. But it failed. Have a second level to explore. <laughs> yeah, but it, you drain it, and then you do a boss fight, and then yeah, it ends. Yeah, and then it ends. Yeah. It's weird that way. And, like, I don't know. It's just sort of a strange little interstitial part and then the moreau boss fight at least on hardcore Mm -hmm. uh is annoying to deal with because he's like he's pretty slow but then we'll just charge across the map so a lot of what you do is just sort of running down a corridor Mm -hmm. and then turning and then turning around and shooting him a few times so it ends up being kind of like wrote like he doesn't do anything that's that surprising but i guess shout outs to the acid rain part because that's Mm. at least a cool mechanic where you have to go take shelter to not take damage uh not too hard but just like not a very strong boss fight yeah it it feels like the the demetrask boss fight to me it feels like a very classic video game boss Uh uh-huh you've essentially got like a little grid of so that you can move around and you just have to like position yourself to not get hit by the boss and punish them also just like tons of resources laying around on tables yeah uh also feels very video gamey uh yeah i just felt like a classic video game boss style thing yeah but it ends up making it kind of one of the weaker ones in the game yeah um but yeah, we're going to move on from that. It's a short part. It's okay. I like the atmosphere of it. Yeah, missed potential, though, for sure. For sure, for sure. Uh, and then the final dungeon of the game is the factory, and it's also maybe the longest one. It's, like, at least tied it's, with the castle. It feels the longest. Yeah, which may or may not be a good or bad thing, depending mm-hmm. on how you feel about it. Because um, in my experience, I felt like the the whole thing went on for like slightly too long. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm biased against it. Yeah. Uh like I think video games have enough uh industrial factory levels <laughs> and I find them to be dreadfully boring. Yeah. And this even does the Half-Life 2 this is a minor spoiler for Half-Life 2, but there's also a situation where you, like, look up at conveyors of, like, hanging bodies, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just more effective in that game from <laughs> from 15 years ago, or however long that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it, once again, a thing that feels very Resident Evil 4, it's like, could we just have not had the part at towards the end with, like, the industrial <laughs> factory part? And it doesn't even really have a cherry on top. Like the the island does in in Resident Evil Four, mm-hmm. like it, the the fact that that game ends there and has the final boss and also has a few areas that are genuinely very good, this feels very medium all the way through the dungeon. Yeah, um, 
It has the propeller head fight, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but it is also, once again, just a very... This is a boss fight you've done before. This is a bull-type boss. Yeah. Where you just dodge him and he runs into a wall and you shoot his back. <laughs> like, it's not it's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, cool design, though. I think it looks fun. Uh, that's about it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just kind of an unexciting level and also the fact that there's like the merchant is the duke is on an elevator yeah i actually like that that's a cool idea but it like really makes you think like oh god is this gonna be like a really sprawling Mm -hmm. thing where you have to like go to different levels but no not really you kind of just do it in order you have to go back and forth a couple of times yeah you gotta like make some keys yeah in the cast machine (laughs) um but yeah, I do. What I do want to talk about mm-hmm. is that this game has a mech fight in it, <laughs> and it's really confusing. So, of all of the the characters, there's like five major antagonists in the game: Mother mm-hmm. Miranda, who's the primary, right? And then Dimitrescu, Moreau, uh, Bien Devito is represented re- represented by Angie the doll, mm-hmm. and then Heisenberg who is, like, very obviously the odd one out in the group, because he's, like, a dude with, like, rounded John Lennon glasses. He's Magneto. And he's Magneto. Yeah. And that power isn't even, like... It's, like, a vampire, haunted dolls, fish man, mm-hmm. Magneto. Yeah, Van Helsing, <laughs> but with Magneto powers. Right. He, like, attacks you with a cool hammer. Like, he feels like a very, like... Uh, like a steampunk yeah. boss. He feels character. very Bloodborne. Sort of. But like Bloodborne, if it was set like a hundred years after it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's like a, he's a strange character that feels out of place. Yeah, I think there's like a file on him that says his, like, his organs function like an electric eels or something like that. Weird. Yeah, it's like why he has <laughs> the ability to manipulate metal. Yeah, I guess, you know, they the mold gave the Bakers very similar powers. Yeah. And nobody turned into a spider except one of them, but, like... Oh, she turned into a fly. Yeah. yeah, there's, like, a lot of weird shit that happens, but, like, generally speaking, they were, like, super strong, very durable, and creepy. Mm-hmm. And this one was, this straight up is, like, the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, and and he does feel like the, the odd one out for that reason. But his his boss fight is so bizarre in the context of everything else that's been happening. But then also feels at home in a game that's trying to be more action heavy. Mm-hmm. And I end up, it falls in that spectrum where it's a lot of decisions that really have to pay off to make it good. And I feel like none of them did, and it made it good anyway because <laughs> it was so bad. Like, it's such a goofy fight. Yeah. Because you have to, like, construct the tank that you fight him in, mm-hmm. and then you get in it, and you there's, like, a weird reloading mechanic where, like, it takes a million years to shoot your big heavy attack, uh, and you have a chainsaw that you block with. Uh, it's just a weird, weird fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... In in all the Resident Evil games I've played, it kind of I feel like Heisenberg's character and dungeon exemplify the things that I don't like about the franchise. That is fair. I don't like the whole like 
military Chris Redfield like spe- special ops people who fight the zombies shit umbrella uh-huh. and all the that entire like entire part of the game that was taken to make them films yeah like <laughs> all that stuff I just feels like it it feels so left like forced in there mm-hmm. it felt like more natural I'm sure in some of the games but like like something like Resident Evil 4 it's like it's a cool survival horror game and then at the end it's like a military shooter uh i just i just don't really i always feels ham-fisted to me and i don't really like it yeah um and yeah and this the boss fight i do agree it's so bizarre that it's almost kind of cool right but it doesn't quite get there for me and it's my least favorite one <laughs> that's fair i will totally give you that yeah 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 i i hated that there you it, with ethan like you can run by clicking in the stick and it really yeah. bothered me that the the robot could not do that. Yeah. And actually, we should take the tank. a moment. You're, you're piloting a tank. Yeah. You're piloting a tank, and then Heisenberg is just, like, holding a bunch of metal stuff. Yeah, he's like a big metal uh, amalgamation thing. Yeah, like, to become a big metal man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you just shoot him with a machine gun for the whole fight. Yeah. And I like you gotta what, blast his weak spots. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I I would say this is either this either works for you or it is like the worst. Mm-hmm. And what's weird is I talked to somebody else. In fact, but put a pin in that. I want to talk about this in a bit, like a later thing. But I do want to shout out uh, that the. The, the the problem with not being able to run in mm. the tank. This is a problem in Resident Evil 7 as well. The first person games have a block mechanic where you put up your hands in front of your face. And nobody that I've ever talked to has been like, oh yeah, I use the block all the time. Mm-hmm. You never think to use the block. And I legitimately think it's just because it doesn't look like it would be very effective. No matter what it does mechanically, you're like, I'm not just going to put my hands up when somebody (laughs) is, like, chopping an axe at me. Uh Uh-huh. Like, the werewolves bite you. Yeah. And and when you don't block, they bite your arm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that you would be putting in front of them. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, in fact, like, forgot it was a mechanic. Uh (laughs) Uh... And I, I watched a review earlier today that talked about, like, how that mechanic is, like, good. Yeah. And, it I mean, it seems like if it's something you do take advantage of, like, it does, like, add to the gameplay. But I agree. it's I think it's super unintuitive. Yeah. It, it is good. And I had to fucking remember and actually use it because I was playing on hardcore, uh, which is harder <laughs> than standard. Uh, but it... It, yeah, like, it does reduce damage a good amount, and it prevents you from getting grabbed. And you can do, like, a counterattack. Yeah, you can push people away yeah. after you do it. So it is, like, a useful thing, but I wouldn't call it a good thing, because it, they made it look useless. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, that is a genuine problem with game feel that was bad in 7 and continues, and is worse in 8 because it's more combat-oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's... 
I find that to be an, a legitimate, albeit kind of minor, issue with the game is that I think that they don't do a good job of selling the block. Yeah, so I would just uh, use the run button in combat almost like it was a dodge. Right, to just get to away To get from out of stuff. the way of stuff. Yeah, it's weird how how they managed to goof, goof that one right up. Um... Yeah, then the game becomes an actual military shooter, and you, you're you Chris Redfield, and you shoot things with an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. This did nothing for me. Yeah, it doesn't really do anything for me either. It probably even less, because I just am not, like, a big Resident Evil guy. I, I like all sure, the ones yeah. I've played, but I've not, I don't, I've not played them all. I don't know the lore. Um, I've only played, like, three of the games. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like... I was fine with this part, though. Like, if you're gonna go for it, go for it. Like, sure. I'd rather be Chris Redfield with a million ammo, running around <laughs> just, like, blasting zombies, than be Ethan, uh, <laughs> like, with a million ammo. You know? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. like, I'd rather be the military macho man, if we're gonna do it. So... Right. You know. And to be fair, like, it does... Its goal in this is to show, like how ill-prepared Ethan actually is, yeah, and, like, how unlikely his success is supposed to be. Yeah, it drives home the survival horror aspect of it. Right, but it does it by putting you in the driver's seat of a man who punched a boulder into a a (laughs) lake of lava. Yes. Which is a... It's such a weird tension to me, because, like, I get what they're going for, but to me it never really felt like it landed, and I think a lot of it is because you're doing it. Yeah, I feel like they want to like let you play some of that backstory stuff that you read about in the other games. Right. Yeah. Which isn't really a thing that the series ever super touches yeah, on. Yeah, and like he was in the in Resident Evil 7 at the end. Yeah. Like I I don't I I think it's fine or like uh something I probably would have wanted to do too if I was on the team to like bring him back in a bigger way in this one. Like mm-hmm. we're going to have him like I put him in the game, you know. Right. Um but yeah, I don't know. It is kind of weird. Yeah, he's on the cover of the game. Yeah, like, which I think is strange. It's real weird. Because it makes it look like he's going to be the villain mm-hmm. if you look at the cover. Well, and that's what it tries it looks to like set up, It looks right? like he's half werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> like, the game's pitch, essentially, is Chris Redfield kills your kills wife, your wife <laughs> kidnaps you, and then is mis- working mysteriously in the background of this village. Mm-hmm. But, like, at no point, admittedly, I've played a bunch of Resident Evil games. I kind of know, generally speaking, what the characters do. It's irrational for it for you to make the connection that that Chris is trying to work against you specifically. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be infected. Yeah. Like, something like that would make more sense. Yeah. Like, he, cause especially on the cover of the box, it's like his face yeah, it's like, split with a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just weird. Yeah. I, I think it would have made it even more parallels to 4, but, like, it felt like you should have had a boss fight with him at the very least. Yeah. Like, you have, like, some rising conflict with him, like, in the middle, and you fight him or something, but, like, nothing like that ever happens. Right. Yeah, it feels like... <laughs> I don't know. It feels like they wanted us to care more about Chris than I was able yeah, to Yeah, I, I just think it's just, like, supposed to be misdirection. Like, they want you to think that so that they can do the opposite. Yeah. 
What did you think about the final boss with Miranda? Uh, I mean, before we get into that, okay. I, 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 I would like to talk about the story reveal that Ethan is just made of mold. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that. Because, uh, like, I, I feel like they, like, foreshadow it at the beginning of this game. Because, like, I was, like, questioning to myself, like, is Ethan, like, an umbrella experiment? Like, I feel like they set up something about it. Like, I, you get chained up by the vampire ladies uh-huh. And, like, you rip your hands out of the meat hooks or however they have. And, like, you know, and, like, his hand, you see it again in, like, a cinematic or whatever a little bit later, and it's healed already. And I'm like, yeah. I feel like that's intentional and not just because they didn't want to model a different hand. Right. Like, and that he's healed already. And it's like, what's going on with that? And then, like, right after that, he gets his hand cut off and he just puts <laughs> it back on. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> they did want me to think that the biggest misunderstanding uh, of all time is when he puts his hand back on it still has like the cuff of his sleeve mm-hmm. I really wanted him to like put it on and like twist his wrist and then for that part to just fall off <laughs> it would have been a great comedy moment then the rest of the game he would have like a slightly shorter right sleeve mm-hmm. um, but not important at all. Yeah, and actually, when you started the game, I don't even know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. You were like, "Doesn't he have like a fucked up hand or something?" Yeah, I was like, like is "Good his, thought." Is his is his arm still cut off, like in seven? Yeah, and he was like stitched back on. Yeah, he has uh, like crazy regenerative regenerative powers mm-hmm. uh, because he is a mold man, and it's interesting that they do it as the way that they do it like it's a oh surprise he's a mold man he's also probably just gonna drop dead (laughs) because of you know whatever cells and shit (laughs) whatever that is right and so at the end of the game he ends up like sacrificing himself spoilers uh essentially to like get rose out Mm -hmm. uh and mia and so but it's so really obvious that something, some fucked shit is going on when he reattaches his arm. Oh, yeah. In the very first dungeon. Like, I feel like they spoil it so early uh, that e- you either have to assume something supernatural is going on, which you should, mm-hmm. because it's a Resident Evil game. Or you think that they're making the most on-the-nose criticism of video game healing mechanics ever. (laughs) I think what they should have done, I thought this, when I had these initial thoughts, I was like, are his fingers on his left hand going to grow back slowly over the course of the whole game? That'd be pretty good. I was thinking about it. I was like, that would have been a better way to foreshadow that he's a mold guy then have his arm just get chopped off and then put it back on in the first dungeon like yeah. over the course of the game just have his hand grow back to normal and like a lot of people wouldn't even notice that right it'd be like the wander thing yeah. like how he gets more decrepit over time that would have been way cooler but I, I i think it's interesting because i i like it because i feel like it was planned in advance like i think they had this in mind when they made seven agreed yeah because like it doesn't feel like a retcon right and i think i like that about it yeah he's got like especially in seven like near the beginning of the game uh you get pretty brutally dismembered by (laughs) uh by mia and so it does like it it casts this thing forward and in the first game it does feel like wow first aid medicine is like 
really good. <laughs> but then, yeah, this game sort of makes it explicit. And it also, in like a weird uh, fucking ludonarrative harm- harmonic, uh-huh. uh, it is able to uh, sort of explain the dumb gameplay mechanic of having Ethan just pour a vial of liquid on his arm Mm. as his healing mechanic, because it, sure, maybe he does just absorb it. Unlike (laughs) anyone else who is just wetting their hands with some kind of liquid. Yeah. Uh, it makes it just feel a little bit more natural. Uh, so that's, that's cool. You got any other notes there? Um, just a random thing. Does it tell you anywhere how many of those goats that you've destroyed? I don't know. There's an achievement for getting them all. Yeah. And in the other games, I feel like it tells you how many bobbleheads or whatever you've destroyed. But in this one, when you shoot the goats, it doesn't tell you how many you got. <laughs> that kind of annoyed me. Yeah. Why are you hiding that information? It's probably in the challenges menu, if okay. I had to guess. But I know that in at least in 4 Remake, it actually marks each level. Yeah, it tells you how many you have each time. Yeah. And if you go into the level select, it actually tells you which ones that you... Or not level, whatever the fuck. The level recaps. Yeah. It tells you which ones that you've gotten them on, so... It, it just seems strange to me that it didn't say... Agreed. And I'm glad that you bring it up, actually, because this is something I wanted to talk about on the 4 Remake episode, and did not. Mm-hmm. Didn't even bring it up at all. Uh, the modern Resident Evil games, the RE Engine games, all have this challenges system where you are awarded challenge points, which you can then spend in the fucking challenge store for challenge shit to get. Uh, and I hate it, like, a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. And the reason I don't like it is because I feel like it sits in the back of your head when you're playing the game, if you look at them. And even if you don't, like, they do pop up when you complete them. Uh, this was worse in the RE4 remake, because if you left the game and re- and started again, like, if you quit for the day and came back on, it would just present you with a giant list of things that you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the best way to play these games is to not think about them at all, mm-hmm. uh, because it is just going to make you not be... And not feel anything about the game. It's going to turn it into numbers. Uh-huh. Uh, and I wish that they just, like, didn't unlock until the second playthrough mm. or something. Because it is something that I understand why it's there. It's to provide longevity. This is a short game that they charge full price for. It's a AAA title. Uh, and they want people to be like, oh, there's lots of replayability. You can unlock a big magnum if you do this stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool, nice. Uh but I, I feel like it, it hurts my experience anyway, because I'm thinking like, well, I guess I do need to kill 10 more enemies with a pistol or some shit to uh-huh. get some dumb trophy. And it just bugs me that it's so front and center in the more recent games. Uh, I think it's worse in 4, but is is less intrusive here. But that's just a, a thing I thought. Yeah. Uh, I forget that they exist and don't think about them for my whole playthrough uh-huh. so <laughs> even in four uh, yeah that's well, kind of surprising for they're more present but i care so little about stuff like that that i would still forget that it was a thing sure 
But you're not like a gamer, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too busy having fun playing the game right. to think about the numbers. Real gamers crunch. need to have platinum trophies. Of course. That is how it works. And high gamer scores. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's called a gamer score. <laughs> Obviously, you're less of a gamer if your score is lower. Uh, and that's how I grew up. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> So the mind worm is still in there. It eats up those numbers and gives me dopamine. Yeah. And I guess I briefly wanted to talk about the merchant. I know we mentioned him. Oh, uh, yeah. The Duke. The Duke. I think he's great. Uh, I love that he's just a huge fat man. Yep. Um, I, he almost feels like his design was informed by the fact that they were making this in VR from the beginning. Because <laughs> uh, there's something about like the idea of like he had to like look up at him. Yeah, he's always he's seated. always like seated up, um, and like he's got like the depth to his cart and stuff. I don't know. It just made me think like, oh, that's like designed for VR. They didn't actually him. design this game for VR. Really? They didn't. They weren't going to put it in, but there was a bunch of like. I forget what it was. There was, or this could have also been a PR thing. Uh-huh. But at, the VR was added like a year later, uh, like a long. I time. find that hard to believe because there's honestly. so much about the design, like especially like in cutscenes and stuff. Like the first one, like the one that I mentioned earlier, where all the vampire ladies chain you up. Yeah. Um, and it that wasn't a cutscene in the game. That yeah, was a that was a porno. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, not the porno. The part in the game. Uh, okay. Uh, it, it feel like there's something about like the way it's framed or rendered or something that just screams like this was designed to be viewed in a VR headset to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, regardless, this is all speculation. But um, I, just, I don't know. It has like the little VR icon. I, I don't know. I feel like it's like advertise that this is a VR game more. Oh yeah, and it and is. Where it's now, like with Seven, sure. it feels like it was like an add-on after the fact. Yeah. But anyway, uh, anyway, the merchant. Uh, yes. but oh, I, I just, you can buy ammo in this game. I don't think you can do that in any of the other Resident Evils. Uh, that's true. I think I don't. I just it seemed like something that like I thought that you would have thoughts on because like it it feels like similar to things uh, in other Resident Evil games, but also different. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder what you thought about him. Yeah, the merchants. I, I mean, I, I think I have more thoughts on the economy than I do on the actual merchant, like the Duke himself. I agree with you. I think the Duke's design is very cool. I think that... I, I like that he is the way that he is. Uh, it, it, he feels more like he's integrated into the game uh, and the plot. Yeah, he's part of the game world, right. for sure, yeah. Way more so than the Resident Evil 4 merchant that he's clearly taking his inspiration from. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame, obviously, because the merchant is an icon. Yes. Um, but the Duke has this, like, he has insider knowledge, and he's more familiar with everything and is able to provide you with a goal and keep things going. So he's both the merchant and, like, your man on the inside. Yeah. Um, but my economy thoughts are... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Are much more kind of weird because I, I, this game is clearly inspired by Resident Evil 4 uh, and is trying to sort of like jump on the same path that that game took, but it has way fewer guns in it, uh, which is a weird thing to even mention, to be honest, but mm-hmm. it it's weird because the merchant still performs the same tasks he sells you new guns and he upgrades your old guns 
But because they, you're not making really meaningful choices about the guns, most people would start with the starting guns and then upgrade to the other guns and get rid of the old ones mm -hmm. or manage to. I think at the end of the game, I had both the starting handgun and the 1911. Um, but it's like <laughs> you have you have fewer guns, so the price of the upgrades is more expensive because there's fewer of them mm -hmm. and the game has all of these like collectible things you've got treasures and the crafting materials meats so that you can give them to the duke to increase your health and shit mm -hmm. uh and all of that stuff that it, it just feels like there's this big it's like a very i guess pardon the pun here it's a very bloated system mm -hmm. and it makes it feel like you're making less progress and fewer choices. And I wish that there was a, a better balance. Uh, either just make the guns upgrade only with the attachable parts, which also feels like a really unnecessary additional part of the game. Like, mm -hmm. uh, do you, did you get the extended magazine for your pistol so you can hold way more shots than you'll ever need in a single clip? Mm -hmm. uh, and whatever else, like... Or you could just put the ammo capacity as an upgrade in the pistol. Like I, the fact that they're separate is weird. Yeah, uh, but it's, that's it. It's I more just stuff think it's to spend your money on. Yeah, and I feel like it's just more stuff to waste more of your time when they could have done it in fewer things and made it more satisfying. That's yeah. my because I, I don't mind the fact that there are fewer weapons. I feel like the giant arsenal is like an iconic part of Resident Evil Four, and they wanted to kind of approximate that here, but it isn't done <laughs> here it's it feels like the like the i forget what it's even called the the semi-auto shotgun mm -hmm. is such a clear upgrade to the standard pump shotgun that it's like there's not a choice you're making there it's do i have enough money to get the better shotgun right uh but that's it I like the inclusion of a grenade launcher. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rare inclusion in a survival yeah. horror game. I, I, yeah, I assumed it was the kind of thing that, like, real gamers who crunch the numbers would have opinions on. <laughs> like, for me, it just felt like it functioned the same as for, sure. for all intents and purposes. Like, I just upgraded the main handgun and shotgun and used them the whole game. Oh, uh, okay. And, and the, the rifle. And then, like, splashed, like, the grenade launcher and mines. Yeah. Which is basically what I did in 4. I do want to shout out Mines. Uh, they're a thing that I've used in other games and have always thought were badly implemented. Mm -hmm. I wish the Mines could hurt you in this game oh, so yeah. that there was more like uh, like decision making. But I was always paranoid they were gonna. Right. Like, yeah. When I would like lay one down, I was always paranoid I would like move a little forward and just, and just blow, blow up. up. <laughs> But you yeah. can just walk over them. Yeah, I wish that could happen. Yeah, but I'm always I'm shocked at how effective the mines are in this game, uh, as opposed to any other game that has mines. Yeah, like the stronghold section. Mm-hmm. The mines were hard carry. Yeah, like I used more mines than I did pipe bombs, and they were easy to craft. Yes. So I, well, it seems like intentional, right? Because they made them more useful. Yeah, and I use pipe bombs too. Like I usually forget about grenades in games like this sure and i found myself throwing bombs and stuff gotta throw them bombs so i don't know if that says anything about the game design but <laughs> i found myself actually using that kind of stuff yeah i it, it does like i think 
they make better use of what you're given. You can use the pipe bombs to blow down a couple of walls. True. And maybe yeah. that like that like environmental use made them stick out in my mind more. Yeah, I wouldn't I uh, that is probably true, yeah. Yeah, I remember one. Yeah, least. I thought that was cool. Like there were like I think at least three that I can think of, like walls you could just blow up. Yeah. There's probably more than that, just yeah. things that I didn't notice or whatever. Yeah, I'm glad that they gave the sort of like secondary non weapons more of a an uh a role to play. Knife is still pretty useless. <laughs> I don't know, I like the knife though. I like having it for like opening boxes yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like as like a flourish so you're not just like punching boxes. yeah i like in four i like how you know like, at least in the original when the knife could not break yes uh i like if you downed an enemy like just slashing them with the knife to like make sure that they're dead because right. they can get up you know I I, th- I like that utility of, like, having the melee to, like, splash in there when sure. you knock an enemy down. But that isn't, ever... in, that isn't in this. Yeah, I was so. going to say, if you ever did that in this game, then I take it all back. No, I mean, you can equip it to the shortcut. Yeah. So you could just wield it, but I never did. Yeah. After The fact that we played this after the remake of 4 was the biggest fuck you to me. Because <laughs> the fact that you only have 4 shortcuts mm. and in you have eight in the remake of four yeah i was constantly like man i wish i could put more things on this wheel uh not because i needed to but because i was just reflexively trying yeah. to do it. It, it it does kind of feel like they were trying to make it less actiony than re4 even though they were obviously being inspired by re4 yeah it's like they wanted to play a middle ground or is more survival horror than four, right? But more actiony than seven. <laughs> uh, now, do you want to talk about the final boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother Miranda. Mother Miranda. Okay, I was for some reason thinking that wasn't the correct name <laughs> for a second, but uh, it's Mommy Miranda. Ma- Mommy Miranda, uh-huh. mother of Mommy Donatresk. <laughs> um. I don't know. I kind of a letdown, I think. Not like like the fight itself was fine, but like mm-hmm. I think more just like her as a character. I felt had like almost no presence in the game. Agree. She's like the old hag form. Yeah. Which does show up, but like you I feel like with this kind of a boss who's like the big bad that presides all o- over all of the small bads. <laughs> You want that character to have, like, an ominous presence throughout the game, and I just felt that was really lacking. Yeah, she has mythology, but her character doesn't have a lot of presence. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it, I think. Like, the presence is what lacks. Because when she shows up, it... Mentally, I think that the reveal that she was Mia... And yeah. she's also the hag, like, which is a more direct thing for the player because they didn't actually live with Mia for three years. Right. Uh, is a good one. And one that was like, oh, well, I mean, you kind of figure it out. But yeah, I, I <laughs> from the beginning just assumed the hag was her. Right. And so you have to like, but you can imagine a world where that is a good. Twist. Yeah, where that's a twist. Yeah. And and it's a good thing it's something that you've probably seen before but like it i think it 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 could work but the fact that most of the time when i'm fighting a big fish monster (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh i'm not thinking about mother miranda even though he's yelling about her yeah am i doing a good job (laughs) exactly i'm not like oh yeah i'm gonna have to fight her later i'm just like this is like some 
uh, ethereal otherworldly being Mm -hmm. but then her boss fight is that you unload into her with a million bullets yeah and to me i just wish that there was like i haven't done the boss fight in a long time Mm because i didn't actually finish before the podcast so i i won't speak to it specifically but like she does her boss fight felt very much just like a bullet sponge kind of fight yeah you had to block a few attacks and then she would like she like go invisible or some shit. She makes the arena dark. That's what. And it then is, yeah. like you just, it's not hard. She comes <laughs> at you and you just blast her with a shotgun. Right. Or at least that's what I did until you run out of shotgun shells. Yeah, like but she only do that like five or so times and then the lights come back on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it. It. it she is just kind of like a classic bullet sponge final boss. Um, it was. She was fine. Yeah. She was. The fight was fine, but like it didn't sell her as like a big monster or like make her more of like a like i don't know like i feel like there's a couple ways you could spin it and it just didn't do any of those things right she just kind of that you just fight her yeah and like i'm spoiled on big monsters already at this point. yeah oh yeah i don't think she needed to be one but like they needed something like something like where she like was able to get in your head or maybe control you because you're made of mold or like some, it needed some kind of layer that it didn't have. Yeah. It felt too generic. Yeah. It felt exactly. like too yeah. much g- just shooting with guns. Yes. In a game that's supposedly Shoot. about resource management. Yeah. Shooting a lady <laughs> with bullets. Yeah. Is what you do. Yeah. So it ends up being like, and like, I like the end of this game too. Like the actual ending of the game I yeah. think is, is a good one. Uh, for this kind of a, a story that it it's sad a little bit you know yeah. if you care about ethan it's sad i mean even if you don't i think it pulls off an emotional ending yeah you get ethan turning into a statue of mold and then exploding on top of that which mm-hmm. is even worse uh and then you like rose growing up and sort of like becoming a, a government agent mm-hmm uh, is sad in its own right because uh, she didn't really get to choose her future. Yeah. Uh, and so and it sets up, you know, like for future stuff, like yeah. whatever they end up doing with Resident Evil 9 or whatever. I'm sure she'll be the protagonist of the game eventually. Yeah. Or at least be like a prominent well, character. And also, like, it's it's really ham-fisted <laughs> in the scene, like the post credit scene, where the limo driver calls her Evelyn and then she gets pissed. He's like, oh, it's just a joke. It's like that wasn't a joke. <laughs> but I'm like calling back to a specific trauma of yeah, your past. So like that feels like intentional foreshadowing that right. like they plan on bringing her back at least as a character and having that like is she Evelyn? Is there a little Evelyn in there? Right. So it felt like really ham-fisted foreshadowing with that. But I don't. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, um, I mean, you probably know. Let's be real. Yeah. That's gonna happen. <laughs> but no, I really liked that reveal. Um, that uh, Ethan's been like kind of puppeted by her a yeah. little bit. Like she's the reason he's still alive. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. I I like so many of like the weird. It's like the inverse of Resident Evil 7, where I liked so many of the sci-fi concepts in this one, mm-hmm. whereas the sci-fi concepts in 7 felt like they bogged down what was already a good enough story Yeah, that like felt visceral and real and cool, 
and then they were like, yeah, and the read umbrella, all of these documents. The umbrella stuff felt tacked on at the end. Yeah. yeah. And this one, the umbrella stuff will always feel tacked yes. on. But this one felt like it more, it merged, it made more sense. Yeah. The technology that was in use actually produced like a cool result. Uh, and so I was really down with all that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, I felt like this game suffers from being a sequel to seven mm-hmm. because it it's so different and yet so the same yeah it's a it's a similar style of game that just feels like it went in a different direction and that is just less successful but still good yeah yeah i like it as a sequel i like it when a sequel takes a swing in a different direction sure but like something about like it feels so unexpected that they do a direct sequel to Seven, at least in my head, is what makes it feel so weird. Right. Like, because Seven feels so self-contained. Yeah. Seven for the does... mo- for the majority of the game until the end. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, having it just like them be like, oh, full on, like we're gonna run with all of the bullshit we set up at the end of Seven. <laughs> same characters. Uh, same with the everything. same characters, yeah. like it, 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 the decision is what feels strange to me. Right. Well, for, but for what it is, I think they did like a pretty solid job. Yeah, I mean, plot wise, I think they did a bang up job. Yeah. Even if it wasn't as, it just wasn't as visceral. Yeah, no one threw you a rocket launcher at the end. Huh? <laughs> that honestly is the biggest thing. That was the biggest departure from the Resident <laughs> Evil franchise, is that you did not get thrown a rocket launcher at the end of the game. You don't even use a rocket launcher. Eisenberg would have been the perfect fight for it. It really would have been. Yeah. He even calls that because Chris blows up the factory. Yeah. During the boss fight, he could have run in with the fight, or mm-hmm. like from a helicopter yeah. and tossed a rocket launcher down. Would have been great. Yeah. Uh, Capcom hire us. <laughs> do we have bisected thoughts? Uh, <laughs> I guess it's more quadrisected. Your child is cut into five pieces. <laughs> All right. My quadrisected thoughts are, uh, I liked this game, uh, but I do have a note here that says, like, I liked the game, but it felt like there was something missing from it. Um, and I think through the course of this conversation, I think I've come to realize that it's just like, it's it's just not quite as cohesive as I want it to be. Um, like, there's a like I like the adventure gamey as I call it kind of structure of it with like the four bosses and them all having their own zones mm. being connected by the village as a hub I think it's all very cool on paper but it does make the game feel a lot like it's stitched together like maybe each section had a different team of people working on it there's like there's some kind of element that it's missing <laughs> uh and it's hard to put your finger on it, but like the, I'll put forward cohesion is one of the things it might be. Um, but I, I, I had a great time playing it. Uh, I think it, it, it's very brisk, and it's it keeps you moving. Uh, it's one of those games. That it's easy to just kind of like I don't know, binge is the right word, but like just kind of plow through it, and it feel mm-hmm. very satisfying. Uh, uh, you know, like you, I, I would have like, especially like in nowadays, like as an adult, uh, like I would boot it up and only have like an hour and a half to play it and like be able to actually get through a bunch of stuff in that time. That felt really good. Um, it want it made, kept me wanting to come back. So like, I do think it's like a well designed game, 
but maybe just has like its hands in too many different jars um or something it's it's hard to put your finger on yeah like what about it isn't working but there's definitely something but and overall, all those jars have like a gross body yes. part in them <laughs> uh it, it was a hard i think act to follow up seven uh because i think seven was so good um but yeah it's it's just it's hard to sum up my thoughts on yeah uh think it was really good but i feel like i liked it less than i should have there's something about it and i will quit saying that over and over again and end my final <laughs> thoughts uh by saying very good game uh but hard to put your finger on hard it. to put your finger on it <laughs> well i would say that this is a very good game but it's like hard to put your finger on <laughs> exactly now i talked to I actually i talked to uh, one of my friends in, not really in preparation for the podcast. It was like a week ago. I was like, I'm replaying Resident Evil 8 right now. And they said that they felt like the game was forgettable. That was the mm. word that they chose to use. And when playing it, it kind of made me think about it. And it it rings... A, I mean, I think it's harsh yeah, <laughs> I by a lot. I wouldn't say it's forgettable. Yeah, but it has a, a tinge of truth to it in that there are parts of this game that feel like they should not have slipped my mind but did like moreau's boss fight against a big fish man just blanked on it i when i think about resident evil 8 i'm not thinking about a mech fight which is a thing that occurs in the game this game to me very much is its first two dungeons and then the rest of it is like just it's still good but just of a lesser quality that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I also really like this game, and I do think that this game's biggest flaw was being unfortunate enough to be a sequel to Resident Evil 7, which is, like, the high point of the modern Resident Evil franchise, uh, at least in my eyes. Uh, and so it does feel like it's being overshadowed by its predecessor a bit. Otherwise, though, like, the game is fun, the guns feel good to use, which is important because this is a very action-oriented Resident Evil game, uh, which you don't really get a lot, uh, and I also really like the fact that it felt brisk and, like, it was moving at a pace that was so fast that I could get a lot done in a short period of time. I think when I played this at release, I finished it over the course of, like, two or three days, like, it was a pretty short experience, uh, and honestly, I thought it kicked ass. Uh, and I think that's probably, if I say something like Resident Evil 7 was a masterpiece, I'm talking about the atmosphere and the the villains were really good and all of that stuff. And then when I say Resident Evil 8 kicks ass, I think you know exactly what I mean by that. Like, this is a game that's very punchy and has a lot of tropey, but like still very cool elements to it. And so I think it's absolutely worth playing. Uh, if you're a fan of Resident Evil, you've probably already played the game. Uh, but if you're not, I say go for it. I think it's a perfectly serviceable, better than most survival horror game that came out just a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? <laughs> well, as we all know, it's in Spooktember in July... You do, we do two themes all at once. Uh, we finished our Resident Evil arc, 
and now we're doing our ghost arc. <laughs> uh, ghost Runner's coming up on Pocket, and then we're going to be talking about Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh a game that was announced and then nobody ever heard of it again. Yeah, I remember the trailer for it. Uh-huh. Uh, so something about it was memorable. But I remember thinking that it looked like, kind of like generic or lame. <laughs> or like, something about it just was like, eh. Yeah. I'm really excited about this episode. But, yeah, yeah. Like, actually, it seems like an interesting game to actually play. Yeah. <laughs> now that I have the podcast to make me do it. Uh-huh. I have I have many thoughts about the game, and I'm excited to share them uh, with all of you. So be back in two weeks for that. Uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find our email address, our Twitter account, a link to our YouTube channel, and you can listen to all of our old episodes, including the one that we just did on Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, I called out all the Resident Evil games last time, so let's also talk about uh, we did a game called... The Evil Within 2. The Evil Within 2 has uh, a similar action-oriented approach to horror. Uh, we've done a million horror the, games at this point. The Medium. The Medium has a similar not-at-all action-oriented approach. Uh-huh. <laughs> it feels like old survival horror if you took the combat out. Yeah. Carrion... It was a game that's also pretty action-oriented, where you eat people. And grow big. That's pretty cool. Like mold, maybe? Mm -hmm. Mold that like button. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't shoot a rocket launcher (laughs) at the subscribe button. Chop off your right hand. In the in the in the comments section, <laughs> this game doesn't do a lot of uh, that. Do 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 do. Fight off all of the werewolves in the comments section. Yeah. Welcome to No Clip. I'm the motherfucker who's about to uh. kick your ass.